Beer and Honey, the German football pod. Today, Hattrick hero Harry Kane and Bayern Munich are in seventh heaven on Oktoberfest Saturday against Bochum in Gladbach. A most surprising goal scorer decides the game for Leipzig. Surprise teams Hoffenheim and Stuttgart keep surprising us and Borussia Dortmund. Shock horror, they have a decent game. All of this and much more in this week's edition of Beer and Honey. Hello, dear listener. I'm Raphael Honigstein. And I'm Christoph Biermann. And we welcome you to another edition of Beer and Honey, match day five in the Bundesliga. Another round of uh, very interesting results and some very, very strong performances from expected and less expected quarters. But before we start, can I please remind you that we do need your support. Uh, we've been drumming up a lot of support. Things are going in the right direction, but we still need a few more of you, if you can, become fully paid up members of the Beer and Honey Supporting Club, uh, or even better, become an ultra and get a very special mug with me and Christoph on it. Uh, you can find it on steadyhq.com slash en slash beer and honey. steadyhq.com slash en slash beer and honey. Thank you very much in advance. Yeah, Christoph, I, I'm really sorry to inflict this on you. I was thinking, where can we start? Is there another place? Is there a more <laughs> a neutral game to talk about? But we have to start in Munich, Christoph. Uh, your beloved VfL Bochum traveled to my beloved FC Bayern. And the result was, um, how shall we say, one-sided? Would that be the, the right word? 7-0. For Bayern, including a hat-trick for Harry Kane, uh, goals for Leroy Sané and Matthias Tell, the inevitable Matthias Tell goal as a substitute, Matthias de Licht also on the score sheet, and Chupa Moting with the opener. From a Bochum perspective, was it a case of a very risky, daring, courageous match plan just going horribly wrong? Um, at first, I'd like to say. Um, same as it ever was, because now in uh, 2023, Bochum lost 7-0 against Bayern. Same as the year before, when they lost at home 7-0 uh, against Bayern. And in 2021, when they lost 7-0 in Munich. So uh, what we do, do we learn from that? Whenever they lose 7-0 uh, in the Bundesliga, they stay up, hopefully. <laughs> so... Ah. so it's a positive. It's a positive. And so that's mm -hmm. uh, my main takeaway from it. But uh, yeah, you're right. I I mean, Thomas Letch was after the uh, after the game. He was saying, um, um, yeah, we, we we have to um, stick to our plan. Yes, some people will say it it was naive to um, attack Bayern high up and uh, uh, got some counterattacks. But when we were sitting deeper in the second half, we um, also could conceded three more goals and 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 so on but um yeah my, my impression was uh, that it was uh, a, a quite naive to approach uh, the game as as Bochum did it um or um the quality 
maybe the plan was good, but the execution uh, of the plan went terribly wrong because, I mean, um, yeah, Bayern, I think they couldn't believe in some situation how much uh, space they had. I mean, the the main example, the fourth goal, uh, briefly before halftime, where there were like um, uh, acres of uh, space for Leroy Sané, um, who I, I think had again a, a very, very uh, good game, especially in the first half. So, yeah, uh, everything went wrong. Um, uh, fortunately, nobody got injured. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, um, but... Bayern was good also. I, I, I think it's it's fair. So you can say, ah, yeah, the Minnows, they were terrible. They had a naive plan and blah, blah, blah. And that's true to an extent, but Bayern was good. And um, everything uh, Thomas Tuchel was planning went very well. I mean, uh, he, he you, you already mentioned uh, Shupo Muting, who came in as a second striker. A lot of people expected Matas Tell, after his very good performances recently, um, to probably partner with Harry Kane. But uh, uh, it was a good idea um, to bring him. Um, Matthias De Ligt, I think he mainly played because... Upamecano had some minor uh, problems, but he also scored after... Drum roll. A corner from Kimmich that was very well executed. So uh, I, I think you can be pretty happy about what's, what's developing at Bayern. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think most importantly, Tuchel's plan really worked. I think the idea was to play long through the Bochum press in the beginning and it worked very well because Kane holds the ball up beautifully and then you have Chupomoting who is the same and that pin back as Tuchel explained that pin back the two centre backs um, and helped Leroy Sané for example to find more space it was a simple plan but simple plans as we know since Rudi Feller's uh, <laughs> second stint as caretaker manager against France can be can be perfectly well executed and can work can work very well. So yeah, Bayern felt really good about themselves. And I think after the game against United where they weren't still weren't quite sure, there were still some doubts, the team looked good in some moments, bad in others. Yes, of course, we have to allow for the fact there was only Bochum. It was definitely a very convincing performance and the kind of performance that will buy Tuchel time and confidence to keep doing what he's doing. So an important win in that respect. What, what I also find impressive um, uh, when we talk about Bayern is they never stopped playing. So, so, so when you're, I mean, we, we've seen that pretty often, uh, teams being 3-0 down or 4-0 down at halftime in Munich. And, and then um, you, you see Bayern uh, more or less stopping, saving energy and so on, because uh, in the week to come, um, they have to play um, in the German Cup in the first round um, because uh, when the first round was played, they had to play the Super Cup, 
We remember they lost uh, against uh, Leipzig in the in the Allianz Arena, but but nothing. Um, there was they weren't stopping. Maybe for ten minutes, but um, so I think um, when we talk about uh, what Tuchel wants, I think it's exactly that that his team doesn't stop playing uh, uh, football and um, and maybe. Yeah, it, um, I would say. I mean, seeing Bayern in 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 uh, in the last week, you can see improvements. You can see a development, um, and uh, they are getting better. Although, again, Bochum uh, was. Uh, not not the real test. Yes, of course. There be a bigger test next weekend where they travel to Freiburg, but of course we have to take the quality or lack of quality of the opposition into account. But just on Bayern playing, I think there's two factors here. One, you have a healthy competition at the moment. So when you have Tal coming on, you have Goretzka coming on, you have Müller coming on, they all want to do something, they all want to score. Uh, young Franz Kretzig came on as well, a typical young player who wants to show himself. He looked good as well. So uh, there's a lot of incentive. And of course, we should perhaps also take into account that there's no big game uh, this week. Yes, they have Preussen Münster in the in the cup, but maybe if they'd had Man United or a away trip to Galatasaray on Tuesday, maybe they would have slowed down a bit more in the second half on on Saturday. Let's talk about Harry Kane a bit. He, he has now scored seven goals in his first uh, five uh, Bundesliga games for, for Bayern. That is a, a club record. Um, he has uh, 10 scorer points, so seven goals and uh, three assists. I mean, he looks as if he has been there forever. Yes, but I think, and that's a scary thing, I think there's still room for improvement. As far as um, his connection with the team is concerned, you had a few moments where players weren't quite sure what run he would make and then they went themselves. There was one with Coman, I remember, when Kane was a little bit unhappy that he didn't get a ball. I think there was one more. So I totally agree. His intelligence shines through. His movement is great. He makes such a big difference off the ball for Bayern as well. But... I think he was talking about it after the game on, on Sky saying, yeah, there's it's good signs, but we can still play a lot better in terms of my understanding of the players and their understanding of me. So for Bayern, it's very encouraging. So when, when we look at uh, the Bundesliga um, uh, table, also encouraging signs from Borussia Dortmund of all teams. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we discussed the very, very disappointing performance uh, Borussia had um, uh, during the week in Paris when they lost 2-0 um, against Paris Saint-Germain. And now after they, um, the result doesn't sound impressive, 1-0 uh, win at home against Wolfsburg, but Edin Terzic was uh, talking about the best performance of the Season, I mean, the not so long season. Um, but 
Borussia looked mature. Um, uh, Terzic made some switches uh, in the team. Marco Reus got the decisive goal. He 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 seems to have a kind of comeback. What what's your main takeaway um, from Borussia? Yeah, I agree that Dortmund looked more solid. They had none of these crazy open moments that we've seen so far in the Bundesliga very often when they were chasing games. They were chasing, of course, the lead, but did so without exposing themselves, without doing anything silly. But it came at the price of um, a lack of real fluidity. Uh, we had very few chances in this game. So it was the kind of performance where if you win it, you say, oh, it's a clever clever team. You know, they just got it right. They don't allow the opposition much and they take their one or two chances. That's That's a sign of a good team. But... Um, I would say the progress was mostly in terms of the defensive solidity. Um, overall, baby steps. Overall, still not the kind of game that will lead me to believe that Dortmund are uh, finally are coming good, or you know we, we're going to see the best of Dortmund now. Um, it, it's only the first step. But the right step, because whenever you are in, in crisis or things going not going so well, I think making sure that you don't concede is, is, a, is a good way to start against a Wolfsburg team that love to, love to play on the break. So they had to be quite careful and they did that well. But if you want to talk a little bit about the negatives, um, they still don't look like they have much of a solution in the center forward position. Sebastian Allaire has been really off his game, unfortunately, so far this season. Niklas Füllkrug, um, this time he had uh, nearly 80 minutes, um, was hardly involved. Now, that's not to say that uh, things will not get better, but there is a bit of a lack of lack of oomph up front. <laughs> I think that's that might be a problem for this team this yeah, season. Yeah, but, but but I think the the, the main so the the, the main uh, problem that Borussia has this season and probably also had in, in the past is to find the balance between the two things. I mean, that, that's obviously uh, um, something every team has to, has to find, but especially for them. Sometimes they look good offensively and they are terribly open uh, um, in defense. Sometimes they uh, they do look defensively okay, but don't create anything up front, as for example in the first half in in, in Paris and 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 so on. But um, uh, I think. Um, so my interpretation of this win would be, you, you call it baby steps. I, I think it would be a, a bit more optimistic uh, taking the Borussia perspective to find this balance, um, having created some chances, not allowing, uh, the, uh, not allowing much uh, to the opponent. I, I think um, it will be at least a quiet week in Dortmund. Um, uh, Marco Roy said after the game, um, we had some uh, turbulent times uh, recently, and I think this week will be quiet. Mm. How quiet will the week be in, in Berlin, uh, Christoph, or in, in East Berlin, after they lost 
2-0 at home to Hoffenheim. Leonardo Bonucci, since he's come in, uh, Union have lost two games. Maybe they uh, should uh, reconsider. Um, but things are not quite clicking for Union, domestically at least. Yeah, I mean, it's um, uh, for the first uh, time in three years uh, that Union lost uh, uh, four games in a row now. Um, that's something very unusual. Um, even in the career of, of Urs Fischer, I think he only lost twice in his career with any te- any, any of his teams uh, uh, four times in a, in a row. And I think um, uh, uh, Union is paying the price for a shift in their transfer policy. Um, and uh, the shift is not so much uh, who do you bring in, but when do you bring in the player? So um, Urs Fischer was, was saying in, in recent years, I mean, you can change as many players as you want, but I want them have early uh, early on on the pitch. So when the um, uh, training camps for the next season start, more or less everybody has to be there. And, and then I have uh, ta- four, five weeks times of four weeks times to... Uh, to put the machine together again, and when you lo- when we look at uh, what happened this year, um, especially the big names came in late. Robin Gosens, for example, I think a week before the season started. Same with uh, Leonardo Bonucci, um, and and also others. And um, so that's partly an explanation why the especially the defensive machines or what. Was Fisher always calls the basics um, are not not, not functioning uh, properly, um, and another explanation is um, uh, that some important players uh, are missing. Um, uh, most important, Rani Kedira uh, in central midfield, who was last season was a, a key player. And also Robin Knoche, um, who missed the two games um, against Real Madrid and uh, in Madrid and against Hoffenheim, uh, because he is injured. And so Leonardo Bonucci, who came in as his replacement, uh, but um, couldn't play. Uh, for 90 minutes, for example. So he had to be taken off in, in, in Madrid earlier and uh, same against um, Hoffenheim. And actually, um, he was responsible for the two goals uh, um, uh, Union conceded. The first one was a penalty where he was holding the shirt of his opponent and was a clear penalty. And the second time, when he missed the young uh, Maximilian Bayer, uh, when when the eighteen uh, year old scored his already fourth goal for Hoffenheim this season, so yeah, um, uh, was Fischer was not very happy uh, yesterday, especially about the first half, and um, uh, there is a lot of work to do. Yeah, and Hoffenheim with that win, up in fourth spot. A team that, when we look at the lineup, doesn't really create uh, much excitement, at least on paper, but they're playing very, very well. Is it time that we give them a little bit of love on this pot? Yes and no. Or <laughs> yes, because um, um, 
they they didn't even need to uh, play their best football to to win at the Alta Försterei, but they have be, uh, become more solid. Um, that's for sure. Um, but they already had a very good start last season. And then, uh, as we remember, they kind of declined and vanished in, into nowhere. And um, so I think everybody at Hoffenheim is kind of um, uh, yeah, optimistic or positive, but not too enthusiastic. And, um, and, uh, but I think they learned a lot in, in Hoffenheim. Um, they kind of had a big change of the personnel before the start of the season. Um, they also spent some money and, uh, and, and this pays off. Um, uh, for example, Florian Grilic was out because of injury and he was replaced by Anton Stach, who um, Hoffenheim bought briefly before uh, the start of the season. Stach, who has been a German national player, I think once or, or, or twice, but he has some, some quality and he, he played an excellent game in, um, uh, at the Alte Försterei. And you see that now they have also some kind of depth in their, in their squad. And uh, yeah, maybe, maybe they... Um, can become a kind of surprise team of uh, a surprise team of the season. Um, or would you think that um, Stuttgart will take this role? Yeah, Stuttgart have been have been brilliant, and they were brilliant again on Friday when our friend uh, Siru Girassi scored another two goals in their 3-1 win over Darmstadt. Yes, Darmstadt, away, you expect them to win, but Stuttgart have, are doing it in style. And in Girassi, they have the most exciting uh, young striker. Well, sorry, he's not young. Uh, in Girassi, <laughs> they have one of the most exciting uh, strikers in Europe at the moment. Ten goals in five games. That is ridiculous. Even for the goaliest league in Europe uh, the Bundesliga that is still a wonderful return and uh, yeah the main reason that Stuttgart are flying high and looking as if they might be whisper it Europa League contenders if not more but early days of course uh, as you said Sebastian Hoeneß made a good start with Hoffenheim as well and then things fell apart in his second season shortly after he was on the magazine cover of El Freunde as is so often the case, but uh, this time it looks looks very good. Yeah, uh, this time uh, this month, uh, Robin Gosens is on it. So ah, yeah. um, uh, okay, but 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 let's talk briefly about Girassi. I mean, uh, you you were saying that he scored uh, ten goals in five games. It's uh, it's interestingly, it's it, it's not the um, a record in the Bundesliga because uh, Robert Lewandowski managed to do the same unsurprisingly in a way um, but um, here my my expert question to you um, I think Girassi has has a about um, he turned about 4.6 expected goals uh, in 10 real goals on the field um, is it Take away that he's on a kind of hot streak um, that soon will 
cool down and then we probably start uh, counting the minutes where he where he didn't uh, score um, or do you think uh, this will be in a way sustainable ha. if i could give you the answer to this i'd uh, i'd be a very wealthy man uh, advising clubs on on strikers but i mean the goals he scored the goals he's scoring some of them are just absolutely breathtaking yeah uh, both of them were the second finish was an easier one but he made it look so ridiculously easy just chipping the goalkeeper without breaking uh, stride and the first one was a shot from just outside the box I think so that would have been a very low XG but no the guy every time he's in front of goal you just think he's going to score at the moment it's just incredible yeah he's in a, he seems to be in a kind of flow and um, yeah but it's, it will be interesting to see if this flow goes on or if if, if uh, something interrupts it but but you're right especially the second goal it was so I mean he was chipping uh, the ball um, above uh, the Darmstadt goalkeeper in a way that was like 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 in a in a in park football or so as if as if there would be no pressure at all as if it would be the easiest uh, thing on the planet to do and uh, yeah i mean it was 2-1 at that time the, the the game seemed to be kind of won but uh, so there there was not big no big pressure but uh, you're right he he, he looked um, uh, he made it look like the easiest thing to do. Very impressive. Very, very impressive indeed. There are a lot of clubs on the wrong end of the table that we need to talk about. And I'm, I'm afraid for our producer, York, that one of them, uh, our Borussia Mönchengladbach, they took on RB Leipzig at home. They actually played well. It was a pretty open game in terms of the uh, chances, um, quite edgy, uh, open in the sense that it was um, quite balanced, uh, a lot of good fighting spirit on show, but a very unlikely source of the winning goal for the visitors because a, a German international, or should, I, should we say former German international, who hadn't scored in April, so that is uh, five months in the Bundesliga, was the match winner. And that was Timo Werner, the substitute. Remember him? Uh, yeah, I, I, um, yes. Uh, when, he, when he came on, it was like, ah, yes, Timo Werner. Yeah, he's still playing for, for, for Leipzig. And um, you're right, he, he scored his first goal after... 161 days and um, that's a, a pretty long time and and he did it in style um, I, I, I would uh, say um, there was um, a pass from again the very inform Xavi Simmons and then um, yeah uh, Timo Werner was scoring from an almost impossible angle hitting uh, the far post uh, on the inside and uh, and it was not only a shitty goal or at least a goal no no it was a it, it was a great goal and so um 
And everybody, I, I found that interesting um, listening to the reactions uh, um, of the Leipzig players. Everybody seemed to be very happy for him because I think Timo Werner is uh, the kind of, of player, if he is in this kind of situation, it's especially difficult um, uh, for him to get to grips with this uh, uh, kind of problem. And, um, and, but as we also know, Timo Werner, when he starts scoring goals, um, sometimes, like, like with a uh, famous ketchup bottle, um, a lot of them fall, uh, will uh, or could follow, um, <clears throat> but uh, I mean you said it, it. It was not not one of the um, greatest performance of RB Leipzig after they played away, also in the Champions League this uh, week in um, uh, last week in Bern, where they were winning three one. So a kind of labored, a bit uh, lucky win, but I think um, uh, the main. Uh, takeaway for Borussia Mönchengladbach is an improved form and that uh, Manu Kone, for example, um, made his comeback later on. That will be very important. And yeah, and next Saturday it will be uh, very interesting because um, uh, Mönchengladbach is playing at Bochum and uh, after having very difficult opponents in the first weeks of the season, um, this could be their chance to turn things around. Yeah, well, neither of these teams have, have won a game yet, which is a fate that they're sharing with uh, Darmstadt, as you perhaps expect. But more unexpectedly, uh, Mainz, who are bottom of the table with just one point, uh, having lost again, this time uh, in Augsburg. Is there anything that's going wrong with minds that that we should be worried about they get difficult um, um they get ridiculous goals against them um for example the, the they were one nil up in augsburg played very well in the first uh, 25 minutes but then got an equalizer after a a terrible cross um from somewhere but they failed to clear, and um, so that Augsburg could uh, um, put put it in. Um, and the second goal was 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 almost the same um, uh, after a throw in, and that they couldn't defend. I don't know what's what 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 what's wrong with them right now. I mean, we we have praised their resilience, their stability, their aggressiveness, and so on in. Um, in recent times, or, or last season especially, and the season before, um, they were so difficult to play against. But um, something, eh, something is not working. And Bo Svensson mm, gives the impression that he probably is also thinking a lot of what the solution uh, could be because it's not it doesn't look like they're terribly organized they have the wrong match plan blah 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 stuff like this but a, a collection of individual um, mistakes and uh, strange situations so I'm, I'm not sure if it's just a bad patch or if that is uh, showing a deeper crisis. 
Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure either, but it was worrying to see that even when they were one man up for the last uh, half an hour because Engels was was sent off for a pretty uh, uh, bad foul on Barcock, they still didn't really uh, create that much against uh, nine man from Augsburg. Um, so yeah, could be could be a long season for Mainz. Uh, lastly, on Saturday, Saturday night, Bremen against Köln, uh, Bundesliga Classic, and uh, actually a pretty decent game. I don't know how much you saw of that, uh, Christopher. I watched the whole game. It was uh, very entertaining. Uh, both teams tried to win. Köln started really well, but then Bremen came back after uh, Davy Selke had, had started the scoring uh, Boré and then late, uh, not so late, no, Boré and then Jima with two goals that were very well worked for Bremen. For me, the main takeaway was that Bremen, we know defensively they have some issues, but once they get into the final third, there is this uh, Ole Werner, a uh, little bit of creativity and a nice movement that we can appreciate and both goals were beautiful combinations with deep runs and perfect passes and that's where they were just a little bit better than this Cologne team. Yeah, but um, uh, taking the Cologne perspective, um, I think it's a similar case to uh, Mainz um, where, you, where you're wondering hmm, where, what's going, going wrong in, in tiny details. So it's it's not like Baumgart football is not working anymore, but but the Baumgart football is not as well executed as it uh, has been in for for example in in the last season, and you could see that especially in the second half when uh, Werder played really well. Uh, I, I think it was um, they on a good day or on a good half uh, um, uh, on a good second half they are, are fun to watch. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know what, how you see it. Is there or is is this kind of the um, Baumgart football wearing out? Is it because it takes a lot of energy? Um, is it that uh, now it uh, starts to show that very important players like Eliskiri and Jonas Hector are not there anymore? So, uh, is there a, a, a big crisis around the corner, or is it only um, uh, problems right now? I was thinking about this, and my feeling was the same as yours, that there's nothing really fundamentally wrong with this team. But what happens when a team that plays well on their own terms, and there are no big problems, still somehow finds ways of losing <laughs> will will the coach just continue or will he then start making changes and uh, thinking that I have to do things differently and that is often I think a difficult and uh, maybe dangerous moment for a team that has a very clearly defined idea of playing when the coach himself starts thinking hmm something is wrong here but I don't really know what it is, perhaps. Mm. So I wouldn't be too worried having seen Köln on Saturday night. But at the same time, 
if you are playing well and you're not winning, that can create some sort of very negative dynamics that are hard to control. And also, um, it's the third time this season in only five games they were uh, they were in the lead and uh, uh, just won one point. So I think that's also adds to this difficulties and something that over time may get under your skin and create more problems. Well, finally, on Sunday, we had um, three of the Europa League teams involved. Leverkusen taking on Heidenheim and Frankfurt hosting Freiburg. What did you make of those two uh, games? Frankfurt against Freiburg was very much against the trend um, of this season. Uh, of the goal frenzy in the Bundesliga uh, because it was the first nil-nil of the season. Um, a hard fought, a bit dry, I found, uh, nil-nil. Uh, you could see that both teams were a bit tired. Uh, uh, both had played uh, on Thursday in Europa, um, Frankfurt winning 2-1 at home against Aberdeen and Freiburg away at Olympiakos Piraeus uh, winning 3-2. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so there, there were, wasn't much flow. Um, there were only a few goal chances, a lot of fighting, a lot of blocked shots. Um, Uh, towards the end, um, Robin Koch um, actually could have been sent off uh, for a slap in the face uh, of Junior Adamu. But um, yeah, uh, was it a slap in the face? Was it an accident? Um, the referee decided to see it as an accident. Um, so I think um, uh, everybody was half happy, half unhappy uh, about the result. Um, mm -hmm. uh, maybe Frankfurt a bit more un unhappy with another draw this season. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so um, maybe the most unspectacular uh, game of the weekend. Okay, and Leverkusen-Heidenheim, the kind of game you expected? Yeah, uh, Very much so. Um, Leverkusen winning 4-1 with the two more goals of Victor Boniface, um, the Nigerian uh, centre-forward who has now seven goals. Um, uh, Adli and uh, Hoffman scoring the, the two other um, goals. Um, and uh, in between, there was a 1-1 by Dingchi. Um, but, uh, I mean, Heidenheim was brave, um, as they've been all season. Uh, they were well, very well organized. Um, and uh, I think uh, there was nothing um, that Frank Schmidt really could complain about. And he praised his teams also afterwards. Uh, but he, he confessed uh, it's, um, that it's, uh, Leverkusen is the opponent um, where Heidenheim can't expect to get points from and couldn't um, uh, in the Bay Arena because uh, Bayer uh, was simply much better. Not a brilliant performance by Bayer Leverkusen, but a very good one, keeping them in second position of the table. 
All right. Uh, that's all we have time for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for your support. We appreciate it. I was Rafael Honigstein. I was Christoph Biermann. And we say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Beer and Honey, the German football podcast. <laughs>